When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is the BetQL Network, live coast to coast. BetQL Daily, alongside Jim Rodriguez, I'm Chris Mack, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth out today. Hopefully you get to enjoy a nice long weekend. Hopefully you're get, maybe getting Monday off, President's Day. But whether you're getting the day off, working all weekend maybe, or anything in between, take us with you inside your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. It's free. Download it today. And then you get everything as a podcast after the fact as well. Uh, BetQL Daily, wherever you get your podcast, Watch the show on YouTube, Odyssey Sports, and twitch.tv slash BetQL. One hour from now, Rob Brown, host of Bet for the Cycle, Saturday afternoons right here on the BetQL Network, will join us to talk pitchers and catchers, reporting, spring training, yes. those god-awful new jerseys. What are they doing? Ugh. Um, and just more baseball in general. Plus, Rob Manford apparently putting putting himself on a term limit. Uh, an hour and 20 minutes from now, we play some quarterback matchmaking. Teams that need QBs, QBs that need homes, where will they end up? And in 20 minutes, Ryan Gilbert of the Hockey Gambling Podcast. BetQL five-star weekend back this weekend and every weekend. Hosted by Sean Marash and Pat Boyle, your go-to for wagertainment and insights using that BetQL star rating system that you know of. They break down all the top bets of the day and the week ahead and make it accessible and fun. Again, informed analysis, predictions, everything to elevate your betting game. BetQL five-star weekend every single Sunday from 9 a.m. to noon here on the BetQL network. Let's jump back into the NBA, though, J-Rod. We just got done talking about Draymond Green and his shenanigans, but let's keep it on the court for now. We, we just got done this week sort of playing catch-up, right? Getting people who've only paid attention to football for the last six months caught up on where the NBA is at now with the All-Star break. And we'll play a an All-Star weekend edition of GTFO or Oh Yeah before the end of the hour. But let's look ahead past this weekend to the second half. Um, teams we like, players we like, award markets, teams we're going to fade and maybe even an early NBA Finals prediction if not a bet necessarily yet, uh, maybe some bets we can keep an eye on. Let's start with teams that we like, where they're at right now, headed into the break, and especially if we like them given the way things have gone over the last couple of weeks, maybe month or two, where we think they can go down the stretch. I'll, I'll start with one, and it's if they can stay healthy because that's the biggest question now. Uh, for the Knicks. The Knicks just, you know, they're mm-hmm. on a four-game losing streak right now, but they had just come off a heater before that. Jalen Brunson's health is going to be the big question down the stretch. If you're a Knicks fan, I think you'd like to see them be extremely cautious and conservative with Brunson, allowing him to get as close as possible to 100% before you get to the playoffs. What that may do for seeding in the Eastern Conference is a different question. Um, I don't know if they're finals worthy right now, but the Knicks are a team that if they get as hot as they were, say, two weeks ago, J-Rod, when Brunson is really cooking with the 
team they have built around him, that's that's a team that can do damage and can give the Celtics even a scare in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, I mean, I think that my only concern about the Knicks is is for as good as they've been is consistency, right? I mean, Jalen Brunson is almost like last year just wasn't there for me, right? And then and, and then there's you know Julius Randle and and Tibbs. You just wonder Tibbs as a coach because I believe the coach is just as important as the players because. You know, you look at Andy Reid, Andy Reid, look at Kyle Shanahan, look how much we've been talking about, not necessarily the players, but the coaches. And I think Tibbs just finds a way to grind his players into dust by the time you get to the postseason. Mm. Old school. And I don't know if the Knicks, maybe, maybe maybe it's a Tibbs thing as opposed to a player thing. I don't know if they'll have enough left, enough petrol to go through a long you know, month long run with the way Tibbs manages and runs a staff. Um, Yeah. For me, and I know it's a Homer situation and I trust me, I paid for it literally out of my own pocket. Mama, there's those heat again. Here we go. (laughs) All of a sudden they go to Milwaukee and Philadelphia, punch them in the mouth. They have the fourth easiest strength of schedule in the second half of the season. This is exactly what they want. They haven't had Jimmy Butler for one reason or another for an entire season. You know, mm-hmm. Bam Adebayo has really turned and really blossomed into a player. We've seen Tyler Hero. We've seen Duncan Robinson. We've seen, you know, the, the emergence of Jaime Hawkins Jr. As, as a rookie. This team, and again, my point about Tibbs, I go to the other side with Spolstra. They just... Heat culture. I know it's it's nails on a chalkboard. Heat culture. They just find a way. You know, they don't they don't want to get in the playing situation again. They're looking to be more like a five or a six. But I think, man, they could be a problem for some people, especially if they start feeling it and start getting right. You, you know, you, I I look at it similarly, and what, so uh, let me let me back my way into this point. When you look at the Heat, you see eighteen to one for the Eastern Conference. I'm not ready to go there yet. You make a ton of great points, and we know they can get hot. And if Jimmy Butler's healthy, and yes, uh, Spolstra is a wizard, all of that. And and I agree with everything you laid out. 18 to 1 for the Eastern Conference. It's a good number, good value. I just don't – I'm not there yet. I'm close. If you're mm-hmm. watching the show, you can see how close my fingers are apart. I'm this close to believing the Heat can do that. But instead, if I'm looking for value, and I liken this to the conversation – we had um, yesterday, was it yesterday or the day before, about the Southwest Division, right? About the Mavs yeah, the and the Pelicans yeah. battling for the division title uh, down the stretch. And the value on a division title in the NBA, just not the same, because, well, it, you're seeded by conference. The division doesn't really necessarily even make any, uh, doesn't even have any worth, any value. Um, but we agreed, and, and we both placed the bet yesterday. I saw them share it on the social media. Plus 150 for Dallas to win the Southwest is a great value right now. So we both jumped in on it. Now, the Heat are minus 160 to win the Southeast right now. And again, a lot of that is because of the narrative and the belief you just laid out around the Heat and, well, mm-hmm. the magic of the magic, and that maybe they're a year And early. there are a lot of bad teams oh, in that division, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that division's <laughs> terrible. Um, but I would make an argument. If we could get to a point where the Heat are plus money to win the Southeast at some point down the stretch, then I would jump on that because to your point about wanting to stay out of the play-in tier, 
they're right there on that brink right now. They're seventh seed in the East, and they're going to be battling for positioning the entire way down the stretch, which I think will naturally lead to them winning the Southeast. Again, the value isn't nearly the same as betting them to win the Eastern Conference, but my belief in their ability to accomplish the task and for me to win the bet is nowhere near the same as them uh, winning the Southeast Division. So that's something I have an eye on in regards to the Heat. Um, I'll be curious, too, to see how the Pacers handle things. It's going to be a celebration of Tyrese Halliburton this weekend, Um, and that's not a bad thing in the Pacers, but I get the sense that the shakeups at the trade deadline have them kind of like they're trying to find their sea legs again. The Pacers fall back into a play-in position. That's not a team I want to play in a one-and-done scenario. I just don't. I'm sorry. I They will figure it out down the stretch, and they will be very, very dangerous on the Eastern Conference side of things once we get to that point. But all of those teams, and we we didn't even mention the Cavs either. I mean, the nine-game winning streak, uh, 18 out of 20 now, that's a team to keep an eye on. That I think, much like you talked about J-Rod with Tibbs and how he can grind his guys down, you would hope that the Cavs don't lose the forest for the trees and understand, yeah, it's great that you're hot right now in January and early February. This is not this is not the end-all, be-all. Take a deep breath. Maybe take your foot off the gas if you have to. Move over out of the passing lane if you have to. It's okay to finish third instead of second or even fourth in the Eastern Conference, and nobody's going to crush you for it. The, the race is not to finish second or to maybe somehow chase down Boston for the one seed in the Eastern Conference. If you're able to pull that off, that's great. That's grand. That's wonderful. But the race, if you're the Cavs, is get to the playoffs in a spot where you feel like most nights you can still find the kind of game you've had in January and early February. And don't beat yourself up and wear yourself out trying to chase down Boston, which is so far off on the horizon now, or clinching on to that two seed for dear life, like it, it, it's it's okay to finish third or fourth. Uh, but the, the, the Cavs, I just, I, if they I, show up to the playoffs healthy and, and not killing oh, themselves to get there, very dangerous. I just wonder if, because it doesn't seem like there's any value on the Celtics because they're so good. They're so, they're clearly the class of that conference that we're just almost trying to invent or find somebody when at the end of the day, it could be as just as, obvious as the nose on our face that it's the Celtics that are going to go to the finals. It's the Celtics that that could win the NBA championship this year. You know, and I think sometimes we're, we're trying to not go with the chalk, but sometimes there's so much chalk that it, it's a, almost inevitable that sometimes Boston is the, is the team. And, and I think this is the team. This is the year. Yeah. I mean, look, the, the only thing that can get in their way, Mac is Missoula. And that's the only thing. Yeah, they, they're utterly dominant at times. Um, and it's hard not to see them coming out of the East, right? But you catch somebody with with a bad week at the office, right? And they lose a couple games in a, in a first-round series or a second-round series they're not supposed to lose. Maybe they end up with a matchup against those Miami Heat early on, and it takes a lot out of them. That's something to keep an eye on as well. What about players we like in the second half? Um, Whether it's in award markets or just individually for their ability to sort of carry or take over a game, who do we have an eye on? Because I have an eye on one guy in particular in the sixth man race 
Um, I saw what he did the other night for the Clippers in particular with Kawhi out, getting a few more minutes. Norman Powell's nine to one to win sixth man. I don't mm-hmm. look, he's he's got two big favorites in front of him to snatch that award, but that's not one I hate. He's he's the only guy on sort of that second tier of value for sixth man at nine to one. Malik Monk's even money, Tim Hardaway Jr.'s one fifty. Um that's one I think I'd put a flyer on right now. You know what? For as much as I think Wemby is is locked up the rookie of the year, mm-hmm. I still go back to at the beginning of the season when we all the talk was there's no way Pop's going to let him play a whole season. There's no way he's going to be able to survive a whole season. Well, do you still believe that? Because Wemby minus six fifty, but then there's Chet Holmgren at plus five hundred on a really good team playing really yeah. good basketball. If all of a sudden Wemby should kind of disappear, or maybe they 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 shut him down, or there's limits, all of a sudden has Wemby done enough right now to be the rookie of the year, no matter what happens? Yeah, I I think well. I, Look, it's it's a it's a hypothetical that can't be proven because like the season won't end today. But I think if the season did end today, yeah, shoe in. Um, but I think it's a great question about how they handle Wembenyama down the stretch because of Pop's tendencies to want to rest guys, or does he want to push him to like the outer limits to see how much he can continue to grow as a rookie down the stretch? Right? I don't know. That's a great question. And something that I think is definitely worth keeping an eye on in the rookie of the year market as well. All because right. San Antonio isn't too far away from the number one overall pick. I think they're two games right. ahead of Washington. So, I mean, you know, we talk about how bad Washington is, how bad Detroit is. Well, the Spurs aren't that better. Much. I think the Spurs are two no. games better. So if all of a sudden, maybe, hey, let's get another number one pick or at least put ourselves in a position to get another number one pick. All of a sudden, you get another number one with Wemby. I'm not saying tank, but... It all would make – I don't think anybody would question Pop if they all of a sudden pulled the plug on Wemby after a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, that's – do you give it maybe just a few more weeks so that he gets to a certain number of games that people still still feel good voting about him for rookie of the – you know what I mean? I I think that's that's a real – or does Pop look at him and say, hey, kid, whatever's written into your contract for rookie of the year or whatever it may be, I'll pay it to you. Here, just get – go sit for the last month. I don't know. It's an interesting concept. That's the only thing that I think – could, you know, because again, there's no value, minus 650, but all of a sudden, right. there's Chet Holmgren sitting there on a pretty good team, having a pretty good season. I don't know. All right. Um, we, we're both fading Milwaukee heavy down the stretch oh, until they yeah. prove that they can get their crap together. But we've only got like 60 seconds here, 30 seconds, whatever it may be. So give me a quick early, way too early, just for funsies, NBA Finals prediction. How about a Boston Mavericks? 66 to 1 Boston and the Mavs or even Boston and the Wolves if you go if you go chalk Boston and Minnesota 40 to 1 to for the exact teams in the finals that's not a bad one I think I I I know I mentioned the other day I have trouble believing in them staying healthy in the playoffs long enough to get there I think I might be coming around on the Clippers the more I sit and dwell on them Clippers, Celtics, you get L.A. and Boston, but not the L.A. and Boston the networks love to have. L.A. and Boston, but no LeBron. Oh, he'd be so 
He's so jelly. Um, I could be here for that one. It is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we take a look at hockey. Ryan Gilbert of the Hockey Gambling Podcast. Where's the value as they are headed down the stretch now and toward the playoffs on BetQL Daily.